Touchdown at 10 on a Monday. You know what that means. Right away we go to our hotline. So we can talk some football. We can break it down with a man who knows how to break it down. Certainly offensively, that's for sure. One of the best play callers in the NFL's had over the last 20 years. Our good friend Jay Gruden. Jay, Pete, and Chris, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? Oh, Jay, we're doing better than Ron Rivera and the Commanders. I can tell you that much. How are you? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. They played pretty well for the most part come up short at the one-yard line. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow. Jay, explain this nuance to us. Short yardage plays, and certainly this play down on the goal line. How do, because we see it happen a lot, how do routes not get run to the marker? And in this case, how do routes not get run into the end zone in situations like this? Because this happens at all levels of football uh, probably more than it should. Yeah, uh, you know, you got one play left. You got to make sure everybody gets in the end zone, that's for sure. You know, they tried a little uh, trail route with a halfback, and uh, Carson, I think, might have been a little bit too quick to get rid of it and didn't give him time to get in the end zone. And David Long made a great play. I mean, mm-hmm. really, he was the hook player, and uh, he, he knocked Terry off his route and then still stayed his hook, had the eye discipline, and, and made a great break on the ball. But that was a little unique play. I mean, it was good coverage, but uh, you'd like to have him come off that and find a second or third or fourth receiver in the end zone somewhere. Jay, your best guess with all of the knowledge and experience you have, but obviously not privy to the call, the you know the game plan, what have you, besides what you just described, uh, should that should JD have been the number one on that particular play, or should it have been Terry on the little uh, quick slant uh, before he gets bumped off? Uh, meaning, should he have been the primary target, your best guy, as opposed to a, a really good guy in JD, or did you have no problem with? basically how it played out yeah i think the read was if uh terry gets hands on by that hook player by david long then he goes right to uh replacing him with uh mckissick uh right there in the end zone unfortunately david did an unbelievable job he put hands on and then got back into his hook zone really quickly and then made a great break on the ball um i think carson just saw uh david long put hands on terry so he got off of terry went right to mckissick and uh just the timing of the play didn't match the quickness of how quickly he got rid of the ball. Jay, on the sidelines, take us inside those chaotic times in terms of do we call timeout, do we not call timeout, do we have two plays called uh, in the huddle? Certainly with a guy like Wentz, you would think you can do that because he's a veteran, he's run a gazillion two-minute drills. But what what goes into success in navigating all of that chaos uh, in those final seconds like that, especially when you don't have timeouts. Yeah, I think the most important thing, like you said earlier, is make sure guys are in the end zone. So if it's complete or incomplete, complete, you obviously win. If it's incomplete, you got time to run two or three plays. And, uh, you know, the first pass is incomplete. He threw it away in the back of the end zone. was almost picked. And then, uh, obviously, the incompletion there at the end, the interception, I mean. But um, the only issue you have is you can't take a sack. You know, I, I've been in situations at the end of half where Kirk took a sack and, you know, you just pull your hair out and you just can't take a sack. And uh, if you do take a sack, then you got to have a play ready to go. A nine one one play, we had a play called end zone where everybody's going to be in the end zone and everybody knew what to do. But, yeah, it's, it can get, get pretty chaotic. But you think at the one-yard line, you're going to have three opportunities to get the ball in the end zone and uh, give your team a chance. Um. When when it comes to calling plays and specifically, so uh, you know Grant, obviously you're going to be on with Grant and Danny later on. So during the press conference, he asked Ron about not having two plays called so that he didn't have to burn the third timeout, Jay, with uh, 28 seconds left, right? Um, 
nobody wants to burn their third time out with 28 seconds left, but they ultimately did, right? Um, so his point, Grant's point, was why didn't you have two plays called for second and third so you don't have to burn your third time out on uh, the third or before the third down play? How hard is that to do? How hard is that to feed a quarterback that information, have it all be processed, not knowing what the down and distance would be on the second of the two plays, and have it all work out seemingly. I, I mean, it, it doesn't seem hard, but I know it is hard, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's not hard. I think every team has a, a list of plays that they can get to in a two-minute type hurry-up situation, whether it's a one-word means all or two words or whatever it is. It, it tells you the protection, it tells you the routes. I think the majority of teams have that. I think the thought of taking the timeout probably was they had plenty of time to get enough balls in the end zone and get a victory, which they ultimately did. They just didn't get it in the end zone. You know, I think, you know, having two or three shots at the one yard line uh, surely is, is enough time to get the ball in the end zone. I don't think time was that much of a factor until the very end. If you have three shots from a one yard line, surely you get, get one of them in there. Talking with Jay Gruden, our touchdown at 10, 10 o'clock spot, as we do each and every Monday morning, breaking down the Commanders' 21-17 loss to the Tennessee Titans yesterday. You know, Jay, overall, the numbers for Carson Wentz, you know, 359, you know, in this game with a with a couple of touchdowns. You're, you're trying to take the good that they've accomplished here through the first five games, and there has been uh, some good. But at 1-4, and four, you know, how hard is it to accept these results when – you know, you're paid to win games. And, and ultimately, as you know, this is a results-oriented business. Is there much more, you know, that they can do? Or is there anything different they could do to, ch- to change the results right now if, from a systemic standpoint? Because you know this, this. This is about players, and it's about th- them executing on the field. Yeah, I think the, they did take a step in the race. They did look better this week than they did the last previous two weeks. So that's a good thing. Carson was able to get the ball down the field. He had some big plays to – Diami Brown and Terry McLaurin got a couple. and uh, So that, that was the exciting part of their offense. At least they got some chunk yardage. And they played good enough. They stood toe-to-toe with Tennessee, and, and I thought they really they dominated the line of scrimmage on defense. They played well at the defensive line. They got pressure on Tannehill Hill all day, but uh, there's just didn't get the victory. And that's just, you know, it's the way it is in the NFL now. There's so much parity uh, with some of these teams that uh, it's going to come down to one play, one referee call. Uh, like the Atlanta game, they get called for roughing the pass around mm-hmm. the worst ball I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> and it's just going to happen like that. So um, you just got to somehow figure out a way to persevere in these late, close games. Yeah, we'll get to that Atlanta Tampa call. Because there was another, there was a really soft call on um, um, th- that Tennessee got called for on Carson Wentz. That was a horrific call. And the commanders couldn't make them pay for it. Uh, there was a bunch of that, of course, around uh, the NFL. Uh, Jay Gruden with us, as he is each and every Monday morning at 10 for Touchdown at 10 here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Uh, and. Um, so, so, Jay, I wanted to ask this now. On a short week, we all know how compressed that is. You can't practice. Uh, injuries are a major problem. They all, you know, for every team, you got to travel. You had to do that a bunch to Dallas for Thanksgiving Day on the short weeks. Uh, I, I think there was maybe like one other road game on a Thursday night here uh, that was non-Dallas. I, I mean, it sucks. Um, how do you... How do you prepare a reeling mentally and physically team in that short amount of span? How do you keep spirits up while, again, giving these guys the rest that they need and, again, making sure that the urgency, beyond urgency, is there on Thursday night? 
Yeah, it's tough. That's the toughest thing. You know, you got to get the guys in here on Monday, today, and you got to figure out who's available, number one. You know, find out which guys are playing, who you got to call up in a practice squad or whatever to get your 53-man, your roster together. And then you got to come up with a plan. You know, the coaches are working hard right now to come up with their base first, second down plan right now. And then tomorrow they'll put in a third down plan. And then uh, probably the next day they'll put in a short yardage goal line red zone plan. So it is a, it is a tough week for coaches and players alike uh, to get this thing together. But both teams got to do it. Chicago's got the same issues. Um, but it's something you got to do. And it's a pain in the neck. I hated them. But uh, it is the way the NFL is right now. Jay, we talk about chemistry all the time, particularly when it uh, when, when it's the offensive line, and and you know not seeking excuses for them or anything. But you know when you're playing with a new center, a new right guard, and a new right tackle uh, during the course of a game, you know how does that change the dynamic uh, just from a play caller's standpoint, knowing that you've got three new dudes that are uh, still introducing themselves, uh, you know, to the other first team guys up there uh, during the course of a game. Yeah, it's tough. You know, you look around the league, a lot of teams are going through it right now. Um, so it's just something you have to live with and you have to make sure these guys know what to do and try to execute the best way you can and protect your quarterback the best way you can, changing up protections, changing up launching points, uh, getting the ball out of his hands quicker. Um, and then when you do try to take shots down the field, get your maximum play action, chip in the ends and all that good stuff, which they did a pretty good job of. They threw two go balls, they threw a post route, they threw a nice seam ball to Terry. So they took their shots, they were protecting pretty good, but uh, – you know, um, it's just tough sometimes. Uh, Jay, uh, one play that we didn't ask you about in decision and kind of take us through the process. Four minutes left. You know, Wentz launches one uh, up the uh, commander sideline. Cam Sims, uh, you know, seemingly uh, sort of comes down with it, whatever. Uh, they rule it a non-catch. Washington and Ron Rivera challenges it. Number one, A, in your mind, a good challenge or a bad challenge considering the time, the down and distance? Again, it was third and one, four minutes left, down by four, and you're at your 20-yard line when that play is snapped, so you're looking at a fourth down if it, again, goes incomplete, which is how it was ruled. Um, or was it a good challenge because you want the chunk yardage and it's worth the exchange of the potential loss of timeout? Well, I think the replay uh, kind of told the tale. It looked like he bobbled it. So I think the they had ample time to look at the replay. It's not like they were on defense and the other team was doing a hurry up to try to get the uh, playoff before the replay was shown. Uh, they had plenty of time to see the replay, and it looked to me on the replay like the ball was clearly moving uh, when he hit the ground, so they shouldn't have challenged it. But um, if they thought he caught it, um, then, yeah, it's a good challenge because 25 yards is hard to come by. Jay, at this point – at what if if for some reason you lose Thursday and you're sitting there at one and five and you know God forbid the quarterback makes a couple of questionable decisions, is it worth at this point making any kind of a change there or are th- is it worth it in the long haul because of as you mentioned you know they hit the go balls to Deami Brown and they got the big play on the seam route because Carson can give you those things. Is it still worth playing out to see where he is, or is is does anything change, or do you gain anything positive by making a change, uh, even though it would only be six games into the season? Well, I think a lot depends on how they play Thursday. You know, I think Carson did look a lot better in this game than he did the previous two, so that's a good thing. And if he continues to build off that performance and they get a big win against Chicago, that'll be a mute point. But if they do happen to lose to Chicago, then I think there has to be some discussion about making a change somewhere because – you know, Chicago's struggling in their own right. So this is a game they have to win, I think, for a lot of people, for a lot of the players, uh, for their job security and all that stuff. Uh, they got to get this win. They'll have some time off to, to recover. 
um, extra, you know, that whole weekend to have off and then kind of get back to uh, a positive frame of mind. So that's a big win for them for a lot of reasons. But if they do lose, then uh, yes, I think they would have to look at a change. Is that the toughest decision from a coaching standpoint in terms of personnel? I think so. You know, you put a lot of effort and time into getting uh, these guys ready to play, and, and when they don't perform uh, the way you thought they would perform, um, it's hard to make a change. But if you think it's for the betterment of the team and, and the locker room, then that's sometimes you have to make those changes. Um, you can't just stay stagnant and do the same thing over and over again and get beat. You know, you have to show your team that you're going to try anything that is necessary to win games. And sometimes making changes at critical positions is, is what you have to do. Yeah. Along those lines with William Jackson the third, uh, you know, I mean, he gets finally, he gets benched yesterday, right? Ron says, no, 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 no. He, we just decided to make the decision. The player says, no, no, no. It was because I was injured. I told the team they make no announcement in the press box, which is a standard, you know, operating procedure of an injury. Ron doesn't acknowledge any injury. Jay, it, it seems like Ron and, and at times others in the organization are not on the same page, whether it be Ron the player or even Scott Turner he's back up in the booth now after four weeks down on the sideline I mean there's been a, a couple of different examples of this where it doesn't seem like this whole unit is on the same page how hard is it to be on the same page like when you were there I mean we all know we all know Bruce right <laughs> we don't need to go down that road but I mean how hard was it to be on the same page with everybody and to have everything kind of be uniform in thought and philosophy yeah I mean it can be hard especially if you have a lot of people uh, stirring in the kitchen you know if, yeah, they, we, we had too many chefs when I was there but uh, right now Ron's the main chef so he has total control over the whole organization so there should be no indecision or confusion he should, needs to make these calls and he's making these calls and they should be on the same page because it's his page, you know, so it should be a lot easier for them because they don't have five or six people making decisions. Jay, you were great at coming up with concepts offensively. Is there much different? I mean, is there much more that this group could do? Is there much more that Scott can do uh, to try and make this group successful? Because like, again, yesterday we see it in, we see it in those short bursts that man, yes, this, these explosive chunk plays are there conceptually is there really much scott could do uh that he isn't trying to do uh, with this team overall through these first five games i thought yesterday he called a really good game you know i think he put his team in position uh to win that game um you know carson had a pretty productive outing throwing for some yards and uh the running game wasn't quite there but tennessee's a pretty good run defense they always have been but uh yeah, I think you just got to continue to look at what you're doing well and trying to get your key players the ball uh, different ways and, and making sure you protect your quarterback. That's the one thing they got to continue to do, and, and I'm sure he will do. All right, Jay Gruden with us. Uh, time to spin around the rest of the NFL. So, Jay, last Monday after Dallas beat down Washington, you, you know, I asked you basically, is Dallas a Super Bowl contender in your mind? And you said, yeah, because of their defense. Well, yesterday they went into Los Angeles, and you're a consultant, full disclosure, uh, for Sean McVay and the Rams, but they whipped them around pretty good. I assume your opinion hasn't changed on the Cowboys uh, after week five. No, not at all. Those guys are strong. Uh, their front is very good, very productive, and, and Dan Quinn does an excellent job mixing up his coverages and, and giving those guys an opportunity. they got some corners they can cover. They do a great job of getting hands-on receivers and, and disrupting routes just long enough to let – Marcus Lawrence and, and, and the rest of those guys get home in the pass rush. Uh, let's talk about their game next week. I mean, Philadelphia, Dallas, I mean, it, it's nice to see the NFC East back a little bit because the Giants are playing well uh, also. But uh, what do you think of this matchup coming up next week? The Eagles seemingly always find a way 
uh, even when it is close, they find a way right now. And uh, this should be a hell of a football game coming up next week. Yeah, I think it'll be a great game. Uh, both teams will try to play a very good defense without a doubt, and it's going to be up to you know, how you contain a quarterback uh, for Philadelphia. He's playing at a pretty high level, getting out of the pocket, making plays with his legs. Uh, they got to keep him in the pocket, make him make those accurate timing-type throws. Uh, but he's making them right now. So it'll be a tough challenge for the defense for Dallas, but I think uh, it'll be a close, low-scoring game. Um, with with the Brady-Atlanta-Grady-Jarrett call that you mentioned earlier, and every, I'm sure everybody's seen it, it was a horrific, horrific call. I, I, I forgot the excuse that the official gave. It was like, uh, you know, recklessly throwing him to the ground or whatever. Do you think that's simply because that's Tom Brady, or if that was, I don't know. Um, Kirk. It, it, well, not even <laughs> Kirk, but, I mean, if that was, I don't know, Davis Mills or, 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 or you know, some other 9-to-5 ham and egger, would they have gotten that call? No, I don't think so. I, I think that, uh, or maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know what the referee was looking at. That, that call is unacceptable. That's the, another argument for these coaches to be able to challenge uh, personal foul-type plays um, because, you know, Arthur Smith is over there fighting for his coaching career, and uh, they're making a call like that that takes his team out of a chance to win the game. And, and there's he did nothing wrong. <laughs> you know, the, it was a solid tackle, a good sack, and an unfortunate penalty that, cost them an opportunity to win the game, which is unacceptable in my view. I was going to say, too, because Grady Jarrett did the one thing you have to do. He got him around the waist. You can't go low. We know you can't go high. So, I mean, it's exactly, if you're going to teach it, Grady Jarrett did just that thing. And, in fact, if anything, Brady landed on him. He kind of softened the blow for him uh, in that situation. I'm with you. I, I, I still know how Arthur can stand over there in that moment and, and just, it was a coaching clinic sack. Oh, it was a perfect sack. Yeah. It was how you got to take down a quarterback mm-hmm. uh, by the rules that are set by the NFL and, and, and the NFLPA. Jay, let's talk about your boy Kirk for a minute here. Uh, four and one for the first time in his career. Clearly, uh, he and Mr. Jefferson uh, are moving on up uh, to the east side, uh, to the deluxe apartment in the sky right now in that division. And, you know, give, give Kevin a lot of credit. I mean, he's hit the ground running uh, with this group. They seem to have a belief, and uh, right now playing uh, so, some pr- pretty solid football. Yeah, very good. You know, he's done a good job. He gets everybody involved, you know, and, and obviously Jefferson's a difference maker, and Kirk is uh, very accurate with those intermediate routes, and uh, they're playing good enough on defense to keep them in games as well. So uh, he inherited a pretty good team. You know, he inherited Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and Thelian and uh, Dalvin Cook, so uh, it's not like his cupboard was empty. You know, Mike Zimmer did a pretty good job of getting players in there. He just had a lot of injuries his last two or three years as head coach to his defense, and uh, they couldn't stop anybody. But uh, they're playing good football right now. Uh, let you out on this. Uh, maybe it's not a shock because, well, Skylar Thompson was a seventh-round pick and the third-string quarterback with the Tua situation and then the Teddy Bridgewater injury and the new concussion protocols and all that, and go figure it would happen to the Dolphins. But a little bit surprising that that Dolphins defense got roughed up as much as they did by the Jets. All of a sudden, the Jets, Jay, not only is Salah doing a good job with their defense, all of a sudden they got something cooking on offense with all those guys. Yeah, that Bryce Hall, Brees Hall, man, he's running he's running mm-hmm. hard. And they're catching the ball out of the backfield, and, and uh, they're doing an excellent job. And their defense has always been kind of a nuisance. they got a pretty good defense over there. And uh, get the young quarterback going, they, they're a dangerous team. Jay, appreciate the time, pal. We'll talk to you next Monday. You got it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, you Jay. Jay Appreciate Green you. joining us. By the way, the more the Jets win, do you think Zach Wilson's going to keep tweeting at uh, Giselle Bunchen? Did he? Wait. Oh, oh, did um, 
Did Zach, I, I've seen all the Antonio Brown things about Giselle yeah, Bunchen. The Jets quarterback, he said, don't worry, Giselle, I got you. Oh, oh yeah, you know what? I forgot about that. I told that. you that last week. He's, I forgot about that. Yeah. Young fellas, so, young cause, fella. Cause, look, cause the young Dax fella. Is, Dax is, is, is rolling around with, with Zach's ex-girlfriend while Zach supposedly is with mommy's friend, right? But, but, but Zach, wait, Zach, yeah, Zach is saying, no, 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 that's not true. So th- theoretically, he's a single, young, strapping buck, right? That's uh, what he is. So now he's on the, on the prowl for Giselle, huh? He's... So A so A B is doing cartoon uh, images of 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 Tom Brady leaving Giselle at the door. Did you see that? I did. Uh, I mean, A B is a sick dude. dude A B's in a wacky he, place he, he right is, now. He is, and, and and then Zach is kind of making fun. Uh, d- he did something else too, right after that initial incident. He's pretty funny on social media. Yeah. I get, right? get, get the unfollow credit. On social media. And I he, like it. he is very cougar centric. Um, yes, uh, we we uh, whew, man, uh, we need something good to laugh at because it's pretty depressing around here. All right, I don't know. You heard what Jay said. Jay Jay didn't seem to think that the clock management was. I mean, the thing that I took away. Jay didn't have as big of a problem with clock management as I think everyone else did. Uh, not leaving yourself with, and he is theoretically right. You had three plays. 19 seconds, three plays. You could have had a fourth if you don't get intercepted. So you have three or four minimum, three minimum, four definite, or or four max cracks from the two-yard line to get it in, even without no running back even or no running game, even with no run sell, no timeouts. His point is you got to get it in from the two or you don't deserve to win. Is that fair? I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I, right? think I think it's fair in that all, situation. All of the things we can talk about, which I think are still relevant and valid, but bottom line, and he agreed with you. Right? What do you say? You have to run, have routes that get in and, the end zone. That get in the end zone. And and I want to go back to the one play again too. And I think it's important to emphasize. And again, not looking to make excuses for Ron and and the the team's execution late in the game, but the time lost on the lack of administration by the officials when their guy goes down. If the side judge is down on the ground, the field judge has to come up the field and help and close down in that situation, which is how they're taught mechanically. They've got to get that clock determination either running or stopped in that situation. You do the teams a disservice in that situation. And as you know, Ron talked about, they just didn't know if the clock was going to stop or if it was going to keep running in that situation. And that's where the officials have to work in concert with each other. The field judge is supposed to close down that play coming up the sideline, and he's got to help out mechanically in that situation. So that part of game administration by the officials, as it's you know always seemingly something, but in this case, a, a lack of administration of the game properly by the officials hurt Washington in that situation at a critical spot as well. 301-230-0980, your show the rest of the way. Let's talk about it. We're at halftime. Second half of the show begins next right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. All right, second half of the show begins right now. We're making our halftime adjustments. So should you. Your call's the rest of the way here. And you heard Jay Gruden. If they, Chris, if they lose this week, and they are suspect in doing so. They're sitting there at one and five. 
Ron did show us yesterday that, and this was the question, we asked this question last week. Your two biggest salaried guys are two of your most erratic and inconsistent players right now. They benched one of them yesterday. And if that player, the other player plays, again, the, the, the hard part about Wentz is, Chris, but this is who Carson Wentz's con- career has consistently been. For all the good that he shows you, there is, there are the decisions on the last couple of plays that have unfortunately been a consistent part of his game. And, you know, I mean, that's, you have to live with that. There, there appears to be there appear that appears to be something that's not going away. It is never going to change. There is what have I said over and over again? There's too much variance in this game. I mean, I, I think everybody. I mean, sees the balls the high, and the army are spectacular. Yeah, everybody sees the high end ceiling. I mean, play action under center, deep drop, beautiful arching pass. I, I mean, and the throw on the second Diami Brown touchdown, even though he's got a one handed. I mean, you can't place a ball better yes. and throw a ball better and put a like. That's why when he tries to when he tries to force a ball right. into a place it shouldn't go, you get so frustrated. You, you know what? You know what Carson Wentz reminds me more and more of as his career goes along, minus holding on to the ball maybe too long, is the variance in his game reminds me of Tampa Bay Jameis Winston. Not New Orleans' Jameis Winston, and I know he's had a lot of injuries, but the variance in Jameis Winston's game, he could be spectacular at times. And he was. He did make spectacular Absolutely. throws that year and that you're referencing. And then he could just be mind-numbing. But it wasn't just that final year under Bruce, right? Because everybody thought Bruce Arians was going to turn him around. And he did. He had over five, I think he had over 5,000 passing yards. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, 34 touchdowns. He also had, like, 32 interceptions. I mean, like... So there's so much variance in Carson Wentz's game and performance and series to series and throw to throw, and it doesn't help when there's a lot of variance in Scott Turner's play calling, play design, game plan, execution, and then you throw a leaky offensive line and an offensive line that literally cannot snap the ball half the time. Snapping has been an issue since since Chase Roulier went out. Wes Schweitzer was awful at it. Uh, yesterday was a nightmare with, uh, what's his name, Nick Martin. Uh, Tyler Larson's going to be the starting center Thursday night probably. Uh, that, that's just my strong hunch. I don't know that for sure, but I, I would imagine. How Ty- can he not? If you if you if you have somebody yeah. else, don't you have to try something you to. different? You have to. It, Multiple it's not, bad snaps, it's not penalties. It's not working. Period. It's not working, right? So I guess what I'm saying is you had the ultimate high ceiling, low floor type of, of quarterback, right? You know what you – you everything that you want in a quarterback when, when it's right is there with Carson Wentz. You see – the great scramble and the mobility on the final series last night where he's doop 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 and picks up eight yards. That's vintage Carson Wentz right there. Remember how many times – we should have asked Jay about that. How many times Jay and the and then the Redskins would get Carson Wentz and the Eagles in like third and nine and then he would break their back with like one of those dipsy-doo type runs that we saw yesterday on the final drive, Pete. 
We saw the majestic touchdown passes. We saw even a better quick game and short game from Carson. We didn't see him get sacked anywhere near or hit anywhere near. Not to say that he not to say that he didn't get sacked or hit. He obviously did, and most of that came from Andrew Norwell sucking, but he didn't get hit all day long. He didn't get sacked all day long. We saw a lot of the good parts of Carson Wentz. And then we saw the bat right there in a nutshell. So everything good, not that it gets totally wiped away, but it really gets, I don't know, overlooked or brushed to the side by the really bad. 312 Let's go to the phones. Jaden's up next. What's up, Jaden? Jaden? Jaden going once, twice. Jaden is sold. Uh, I'm going to put Jaden back on hold, guys, so we can figure that out. See if we uh, can get that in. Let's go. All right, let's to... try him now. Let's try. The, the guy said try him now. Okay. The... Jaden? Jaden, we got you. Yeah, I can hear Jaden in the background now, but I can't hear Jaden. All right, let's, let's put that back on hold. Let's go to. Uh, ch- uh, let's go to Chuck in South Carolina. Hey, Chuck, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys this morning? Doing great, Chuck. Thanks. Um, yesterday's game, man, I I wasn't really – I mean, I was disappointed that we didn't win the game, but I saw a lot of promising things. I guess the main thing that disappointed me is when we needed the call, even though they made that big pass interference call at the end of the game, if back in the third quarter – we had uh, De'Ami Brown open for another touchdown. If they just make those calls, if they make that one call, we would have went ahead right then in the third quarter. And that's the part of the game that disappointed me the most. And then another fact that our defense had several opportunities to make a play as far as, like, interceptions or, you know, we had them in the third and long, man. They got to come up with those plays. That's what makes the good teams good. And that's very disappointing to me. Overall, I think, I mean, I think the team played well. The defense played great. And the offense, for the most part, except for, you know, giving up, you know, all the pressure or whatever. But I think Carson Wentz handled it. And, and he showed, the, showed what we could be if we just, you know, get over that little hump, man. That's what's really, really, truly disappointing when you wake up with another loss that you know you should have won that game yesterday. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I mean, look, I mean, think about it. You know, those guys Thanks, in the locker room, they're the ones that are looking at the film this morning and seeing those things and going, dag on it. I mean, we're this close to, you know, being two and, you know, to, to being two and three with a chance to get to three and three. And if you get to three and three, you're, you're really, you're really a part of things in the NFC. Right now, the hole you're digging out of is so is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and hell, even within your own division. I mean, you got you got three teams that are four and one or better, and that's well, staggering. Right. Let now. me ask you this: while you regroup for a sec uh, there with your with your voice, thank you. Um, would you rather lose one sided? Maybe not an annihilation, Losing but sucks, clearly. Period. Losing sucks, period. So there's no difference there's in your no mind. There's no difference. To me, as a person, if I lose, I, I don't care if I lose by one or 41. 
I lose, that means I wasn't good enough that week. That is true, ultimately. But I'd I'd rather lose in heartbreaking fashion Chris, like in football, this. I got 17 chances. That's all I got. My goal is to, if we're not playing this to be playing in the postseason, we're doing it wrong. So I got 17 opportunities to to be better than other people. And my group right now is one in four. Right. That is an undeniable fact. I, I, I guess if they would have gotten blown out by a pedestrian offense 35 to nothing, I, I mean, the town would be even more on fire than it is. Right, because you'd be like, how in the you had no offense, you let a pedestrian you know, offense walk into your Chris, own backyard. I got to disagree with you. I got to disagree with you from this standpoint, Chris. I think eighty percent of his fan base has already checked out. Well, probably it's yeah. it's, it's ho hum. We lost again. That, I think that's really what it is right now. I mean, even some of the most ardent supporters are even. Checking out and using words like embarrassing. People that you never, I mean, we're talking like the 20% of fans that are still gung-ho, they're into it, they they attend all the events, whether it's Santana Moss or Doug Williams on a Tuesday night at FedEx Field, they're out there, you know, showing support for it. Those people now are even just ho-hum. It's another loss. This is embarrassing. All right, let's try Jaden one more time here. The boys just... Uh... Rescreen Jaden in, maybe a different line here. Jaden, are you with us? Yep, I'm with you guys. All right, we got you. We got you. Now, finally, we got you. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to call in. I've always been a believer that, you know, especially nowadays in the NFL, you've got to have an offensive head coach. I mean, just look at our division. They hire Brian Dable in a year. Daniel Jones is playing better. Saquon looks like Saquon. You hire Sirianni. Jalen Hurts looks better. Devontae Smith is showing up. A.J. Brown's integrated in the offense. Our best years, Jay Gruden was an offensive mind. You even had Gibbs who was an offensive coordinator with the, uh, with the Chargers. And what that does is then you're able to hire young interns that are also smart. We hire Jay Gruden, then we get McVay, then we get Shanahan, then we get LaFleur. I mean, we're, we're just kind of find, falling behind the eight ball that way. Because, I mean, if Ron Rivera is a defensive coach, he can't even solve his side of the ball. So if you can't solve your own side of the ball, how are you going to solve the other side of the ball? And that's kind of just the point that I – I mean, Kevin O'Connell. All of a sudden, every, I mean, the, the Vikings have flipped, uh, flipped his head. I mean, every team now, especially in the NFC, they're all offensive head, young head coaches. LaFleur goes to Green Bay. All of a sudden, their offense is better. Rodgers is a two-time MVP now. So I think now it's just – I think the way we got to go now is offensive head coaches. In our history, that's been the way we got the best out of everyone. I mean, your, overall point, Jay, your overall point, Jay, Jaden, is great, except there, there's not only Washington. The Bears did it with Eberflus, and they uh, – boy, they, I mean, they play, you know, Thursday night, obviously, against the Commanders, and, and they stink. And the Chargers did it with Brandon right. Staley, even with Justin Herbert. I mean, you know, teams do it different ways. So, I mean, we can't say there's exactly. one, one exact methodology to do it, but your, your point – overall matches more of what more teams are doing is the best way to put it. Not what every other team is doing, but what more teams are doing, you know? So that that's yeah. an issue. Appreciate the, the uh, phone call and for getting back in. Glad we got there. We got a bunch of other calls. Uh, we see you guys, Mark, Luke, Steve, Paulie's back with us. Um, we will get to them after the trending alert, but this team has made significant strides in one area that we had massive concerns in coming into the season, by the way. We'll tell you what that is. And if you were grading number 90 yesterday, just kind of like in high school, he would have gotten at least a 90 
or more for his performance. Talk about Montez Sweat next. Right now, the big fella tells us what's trending. All right, we have Monday Night Football coming up tonight to round out Week 5. It's the Las Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, coming up uh, right here um, on this Monday Night Kickoff at 8.15 over on 106.7 The Fan. Meanwhile, the Commanders picking up the pieces, and they don't have a lot of time to do so. 21-17, lost fourth loss in a row to the Tennessee Titans. Face the Chicago Bears, as we were just talking about. Thursday night football, of course, we'll be with you uh, all day on Thursday, leading you up until kickoff, and as well, uh, all your reaction Friday morning right here on the Team 980. Meanwhile, the... Capitals getting ready to open up their season later on this week. Maybe that'll just give us a little bit of something uh, to look forward to. And the baseball playoffs making the turn. All the wild card rounds now done as Juan Soto, Josh Bell, and the San Diego Padres eliminate the New York Mets and Max Scherzer and the company. And they move on to take on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Phillies Braves coming up tomorrow as well. American League set uh, on the other side uh, as well. And that's what's trending. 3-1-2-3-0-0-9-80. Tell you get to us here. Another misery Monday. Sucks for us. Sucks for you. At some point, we want to talk about some positivity. There was some positivity yesterday. The defensive line was awesome. Montez Sweat, awesome. Even though, even though he did get away with a boo-boo. Don't take your helmet off, Montez. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Because you almost erased that. That would have been 15 yards and a first down. Well, and he also had a critical uh, offsides that was wiped away by a worse critical penalty on F.A. Obama. Yeah. It was third and seven. Uh, it was incomplete, It would have, but the penalty on Montez would have made it third and two. Replay the down. Obata's personal foul, though, wiped out everything and gave uh, extended the drive. Uh, sorry, we need Too to much work. water. Uh, gave them a. Um, we need to work on FA's football awareness. You know his his football IQ is not exactly his strength. He's not a bad player, right? I mean, he's done some things. Yeah, he's got some football, pressure. He football got a, awareness. Yeah, has to improve. Right. He got a sack yesterday. Right. Yeah. He's gotten some pressure. He had the blocked extra point. His football IQ is. And maybe this is just a byproduct of the fact that, you know, he was part of the International Pathway Program. I he's, mean, got, he's, I mean, he's just got a lot to learn. Probably only been playing football for, what, five, six, seven yeah, years, whatever it is. That. Yeah. I mean, so. uh, by the way, uh, I forgot to mention this during the trending alert. Um, while Monday Night Football is over on the fan tonight between the Raiders and the Chiefs, tonight here on the Team 980, Wizards and the Hornets in preseason action. And I think I saw... I don't know if I saw this right, but Bradley Beal back in health and safety yes, protocols again. That's correct. Isn't that like the fourth time? Dude. I mean, it was all on keep constantly. Getting, you can keep getting COVID. So, I mean, it's the I question know. ultimately becomes is at some point, when do we when do we relax some of these protocols that are in place? Is ultimately my question, you know. I mean, it, it, it is what well, it is at this point. I mean, we've we've definitely done it in the NFL. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, mean, we'll I don't know what the NBA's health and safety protocols are, but, I mean, if you get COVID, you get COVID, right? I mean, they're not saying that he has COVID, 
But I mean, if you They're have it. They're just saying health and safety protocols. Right. If you have it. It's just probably like, not because he's got a hangnail. Yeah. Just like in the NFL, right? If you get it, if you have symptoms and then they test you, right? Which, again, they are only testing you if you self-report symptoms. They test you. You test positive. You can't then hang around the building and practice right. and play. And at this point, if at this point, if you're even remotely close to being sick, stay away from the facility. Right. If you're Bradley Beal in this situation, which he will likely do yeah. as they take on the Hornets. And shout out to Dave Johnson, by the way, who will call that game tonight. Dave Johnson wrapping up 27 years as the voice of DC United. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of those years uh, on NBC Sports Washington. And Apple Plus, MLS, do the right thing. Dave needs to be one of your broadcasters going forward into 2023. Let's go to the phones. Paulie's back. What's up, Paulie? L to the W, man. Good, Pete. Good, man. Rufio. Paulie. How you doing, man? How are you, buddy? What's going on, man? Hey, what's y'all excuse for Bobby McCain, man? Can't get right. Why is he still on the field, man? Uh, Tell me that. Why is he still on the field, man? He might, hey, Paulie, he might be next. He might be next. Who, 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 who he might be? It's, it's going into week six. <laughs> he need to be. He should have been. Should have been. Not no Mike. Should have been, man. And, and the time to run two plays was at the goal line, man. I mean, you talked about Robinson all week long. You know what I mean? And all your fans, all y'all fans, he was the savior. He was the savior. Run. Oh, we were we, 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 we a little hurt, but not how You got your boy back. You're on the goal line. Give him the ball. If that didn't work, you got you should have had two plays called. Get in the power formation. Give him the ball. If that didn't work, get right back on the line. Call a play action from the same formation. If that didn't work, you got one game to win, one play to win a game. But nah, nah, not Scott Turner. Soft, soft, and soft some more. Shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. These were designed plays to JD McKinsey at that. Because if you look at everybody else, nobody else is looking for the ball. Nobody else seems to be in a route. Your $28 million receiver is setting a pick like he's Rick Mahorn. <laughs> what are these dudes doing, man? This team is soft. And I'm tired of hearing Ron and his excuses every week. Well, we had an opportunity. It's real disappointing. We did. No, you suck. You're off it. Look. Look, Ted, tailgate Ted, I love you, and all that. Nobody's getting fired. Nobody's getting fired. We're going to have to deal with this all, like I said, early in the season, all year long. And there's a good chance next year, too. But this is ridiculous, man. And they make the simple stuff complex. This was, this was, it should have been a good win for us. Instead, we got Tennessee celebrating all on our field. Instead, we got our own players on all fours. Starting equipment after the game. Like these dudes that just take your lunch. You want to feel sorry, Jersey. Wow. Thank you, Paulie. I like Paulie fired up. Wow. Paulie headed down Independence Paulie Boulevard. Paulie the lumber. He's headed down Independence Boulevard Listen, to the 757. I hope he didn't run through a red light. Again, Good I'm gonna, Lord. this is going to surprise passion. you. This is going to surprise you. Mr. Run the Ball over here, I didn't have a problem with them not running the ball on first and goal from Here's the two a, at the me, 19. Me, well, I was going to ask Paulie this question. Oh, sorry. All right. I cut him off. It's sorry. okay. My bad. Did you have faith that they could get two yards on the ground right there? Well, I... Because I didn't. Well, I thought it was possible because while they struggled to run the ball all day, 
they at least did get two huge first down conversions from B Rob yeah. on that. Maybe drive. maybe if you spread it out, yeah, maybe, maybe you get, but maybe but, you get it there. But, but here here's the here's the problem again. If you run the ball there and don't get it, I know. Okay, on first and goal and from the 19, and that's the only down. Uh, I'm sorry, with 19 seconds left, first and goal from the two with 19 seconds, and that's the only down in my opinion you could even remotely. I would agree run with it, that. Okay, I would agree with that. If you run the ball, don't get it. Do you have faith in this operation? I do not. That they could get in place, get bodies off of you, get lined up, snap, uh, snap the ball, spike it, so that you have at least one more throw and 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 play i have zero faith because they would take a false start and a 10 second runoff <laughs> and the game would be over this team this team is dumb this I, i'm sorry this wow. team uh i shouldn't i should sum wow. this team doesn't have a lot of football iq we were just talking about fa obata i do not think this team has a lot of football iq three let me, one let me just be honest three one two three oh zero nine eighty going into the final hour you heard the passion from paulie right there is this team soft is this team lacking IQ, as Russell said? So couple that with a coaching staff that people are certainly getting after this morning. I gave you the positives from yesterday. That would, of course, be the defensive line. What else was there? What do you have to look forward to? Are you gonna are you gonna make sure that you're carving out time on Thursday night on prime video? Pull up your phone or your computer while you're ordering Amazon products and watching Washington and Chicago. Where are you in terms of your buy-in? Because a lot of you yesterday, and I'm talking people that I'm talking people that are hell bent supporting this franchise come thick and thin, no matter what happens, good or bad, even they have hit the wall. A Thursday night game with Chicago, one and five, staring you in the face. Where are you at? 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us here in the final hour on Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app.